0: Now, many of you all know that uh, parable as the uh, the prodigal son. Very familiar to all of us. Um, and it was very familiar to me once when I went to university. And I don't know if you're sitting there like me thinking, really interesting story this, but actually, what's it got to do with me? Because actually, I've I, I led a reasonable life. There's nothing, I certainly haven't gone off and spent all my... Uh, father's cash uh, and so on and when I was listening to this, this story being preached at my first week in university uh, I had a horrible experience I can only describe it as horrible when this story I was really familiar with uh, which had nothing to do with me so I was sort of like half listening thinking oh yeah I know this uh, and then God said but you're, you're, are, you are a prodigal son I said, what do you mean? They said, you're a prodigal son. And then I probably thought, but why? I haven't done anything wrong particularly. But the thing is, he said, you've gone away from me, and I want you back. And it was through the prodigal son um, that I rededicated and committed my life to Christ. And what I loved about it was the way that the Lord surprised me a very familiar story that I'd heard and I thought it's actually a great story but got nothing to do with me what do you think is the most remarkable feature about the story just any suggestions that people have got, there's lots of angles on this story but what particularly just put your hand up if, you've got a, if you want to say what's the most remarkable feature for you about that story The unconditional love of the Father, brilliant. Somebody over here, put their pat. Yeah, if you know, if if you really love somebody, it doesn't matter what they do, you'll still love them. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, do you know one of the most extraordinary things? And I was brought to my uh, attention yesterday when I was just going out on a bike ride and I saw one of my neighbours, Rigel. And I said, "Oh, you're all right. Hi, Rigel." And she said. Have you seen David, who's about this high? And I said no, and he said, "If you see him, tell him tell him he's had it when I find him." Um, and I said, "Why is that?" And he said, he went, "Went off walking with, uh, he went, ran off with three of his friends, you know, despite the fact that I told him where to go." And obviously, uh, everything sorted itself out okay in the end. I, I believe, but I was thinking the most remarkable thing for me about this story is to do with the love of the father, but actually it's to do with the fact that he didn't do any of the things that we would do. You know, he's gone off, he's basically said to the father, because this is the way it works in Jewish law, the eldest son got uh, two-thirds of the estate if there were two of them, and the younger one got one-third, and he's basically said to him, look, can we sort of pretend as though you're dead and then I can have my inheritance now and then I'll go off and spend it. So he said, look, you know, as far as you're concerned, I'm sort of treating you as though you're dead. Now, I'd I'd struggle with that if somebody said that to me. Uh, One of my children did, certainly. Um, But the father gave him the money. And then the most remarkable thing is, is all of the things that he should have said when he came back. You were so stupid, weren't you? I mean, look at you now. You know, I knew you'd come back one day groveling. You know, um, you know, where did you go and what did you do? And those people I always warned you about, you know, not to get in with. Just think of all the things. And, you know, my, my, my neighbour friend, wait till, <laughs> wait till David gets home. He, he's, uh, he's, up, he's for it. And I was thinking of parallel examples, like if you've ever lost a child, you know, like in a supermarket or a, a crowd or whatever, You know, there's a mixture of emotions and there's a total sort of sense of relief if you find them. But there's also an anger as to why they didn't do what they did. So for me, the big thing about this is the reaction of the father. Why did he react that way? And the reason is, as Pat and Ian have already sort of touched on, is because of his love for the child. But I mean, it's actually ridiculous if you think about it. It was so unconditional, this love. Even though he'd regarded him as good as dead, even though he'd gone against everything the father had told him to do, the father still was there waiting for him. And something I I hadn't really appreciated until I realised this yesterday, because we know the story that the father was there waiting for him. Well, he didn't get a telegram saying what day he was coming back on. The father had been waiting every day, every day for goodness knows how long, for him to come back. Every day, out there looking patiently, one day he will come back. And the thing is, I think, that is the way that God treats us. He's waiting for us. He doesn't shout at you. He doesn't demand of you. He's just waiting for you to come back. And the reason I was the prodigal son was not because I'd gone off into wild living, but we're all prodigals because we've all wanted to go our own way. Yeah, okay, I know that might be the way you want to do things, but this is the way I want to do things. Well, okay, then I'll let, you do, I'll let you go that way. The Lord loves you so much that like the prodigal, the prodigal son's father, he'll let people go off and do their own thing rather than hold on to them. But he'll be there waiting. He will speak to you, as I know people come to church t- week after week after week, and, you know, if, if you're one of those people who comes week after week after week and you hear about God's love, and but you've thought, well, I, it's nothing to do with me, or I won't respond to that now. Well, he's there waiting, and he won't force you, but he's longing for you to be restored. Now, I call this talk, such as it is, The um, The Party. Because I think that's the most remarkable thing of the lot. He doesn't just say well okay then I won't say why did you do this and why did you do that. He goes to the other extreme and goes totally over the top. In fact I don't if you read in between the lines here you know when the, the son has his well prepared strategy father I've sinned against heaven and before you. said but the father said to his servants quick I don't think he even heard what the son was saying. I don't think he even gave him a chance. So he's mumbling. Goodness knows how long it had taken to devise this plan <laughs> to get himself back into being looked after. I don't think the father heard that. His reaction was totally extreme. Let's have a party. Let's have the biggest celebration we've ever had, killing the fattened calf. And you know what? Whatever you've done, whatever I've done, God's reaction isn't, well, okay then, all right, I'll let you off this once. It's totally over the top. I have never been so glad to see you and to welcome you into my arms if you were the only person that that applied to. And I love that. That's why this. I'm going to call this passage now the party because that is the way that God reacts to you. So, just pause for a moment and think about the rubbish things that you've done. The things you've done you wish you hadn't, maybe just in the last few days. I mean, I've, you know, I've done things I wish I hadn't done in the last few days. But he isn't just going to say, well, okay then. He's going to say, come here, we're going to have a party because I so love you and I want you back.